with you in Grand Rapids, uh, Michigan. We are uh, tricked always to come back here, but I like it, <laughs> especially when I come back in the summer, you know. <laughs> uh, we came here some more than 10 years ago, and it was winter, and we were in the basement where the snow was covering everywhere outside. And uh, as an Egyptian, I didn't know what to do with that. <laughs> so I was stuck in the basement, you know. <laughs> uh, you know, I thought you cannot do anything else. You know, you just have to wait until the snow is cleared. <laughs> and this is where I really discovered how free the Americans are. You know, they still can go out and they still can do things, you know. So it took me a couple of weeks then to learn about the beautiful coffee shops where the fireplace is going and the books around and <laughs> nice American life. <laughs> uh, in that time, we just came to the U.S. with the news from the doctors. That's 10 years ago. Doctors 12 years ago to, to the dot. Uh, the doctors saying, you will never be able to have children. I was shocked. I was shaken in my life. And uh, uh, we work, many of you know that we are involved in some mission work in the Middle East and North Africa. The sign of blessing in the Muslim culture is that God bless you with children. <laughs> so here I am, a Christian, going to tell them about my God and that God is a God of blessing, but they don't see a sign of blessing in my life. So that was quite a corner to be put in. <laughs> So my corner was in the basement with the snow outside. <laughs> and it was a time wrestling with God, wrestling with God, wrestling with him. Is this the, your will for my life? And why am I not able to accept? I was wrestling with myself and I was wrestling with God. Wrestling with this news. Wrestling with the shock of it. And something deep inside of me said to me, maybe this is not my will for you. <laughs> This is why you are wrestling. And uh, I learned after that, indeed, it was not his will for my life. <laughs> and uh, long story short, the Lord healed us here in Grand Rapids, miraculously, as all by doctor reports, and blessed us amazingly with uh, two beautiful kids, two miracle kids. So every time I see them, I remember that God is the God of miracles. And every time I think of Grand Rapids, I think this is the place where miracles can happen. <laughs> and I want to uh, speak that to your spirits today. I want to speak this to your life. I, as I prepare and pray for this time uh, in, in speaking here in the U.S., I sense the Lord is just all the time nudging me uh, and almost warning me, don't speak to their minds, speak to their hearts. <laughs> Don't speak to their intellectual part. Speak to their spirits. Speak to their inner man. So uh, if anyone know how to do that, please give me a consultation outside. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Putting me again in a corner. <laughs> but being a man that uh, got used to the corners, you know, so it's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. <laughs> but this is what God want to do with us today. God want to stir our hearts so I want to encourage all of us, would you open your heart today? Would you let maybe some of the guards come down? Would you, uh, would you open up? Can we stand up together for a minute and just open our hands together before the Lord? 
I am so humbled to be in front of you. I don't deserve to speak the word of God. I'm emotional about it because I know I don't deserve it. Such a privilege to serve him. Such a privilege to come and speak to you here in Grand Rapids. Such a privilege to talk to you here in America. Such a privilege to come in this time when there is wars and rumors of wars and, and news and fears and all kinds of things. This is a very important time in our lives. This is a very important time in the world. It's the best time for the church to shine. But the church is you and I. The church is not an organization. The church is not a building. The church is not other people who are appointed as pastors and leaders and elders. The church is us. It's you and I. It's you. And God is shaking the world. Because he wants his kingdom to come. This is the prayer that Jesus taught us. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. And guess what? This prayer is going to be answered. His kingdom will come. His will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So let's open our hands before the Lord. I'm so passionate about it because I love my king. I love my Jesus. He's the hope of the nations. He's the hope the world is waiting for. But the world has to come to the end of itself. People have to come to the end of themselves. So that his grace would start in us. So I'm speaking to your spirits. I'm speaking to your inner man. And I want us to lift our voices and just seek him together at the beginning of this time. If you can lift your voice with me. It's okay. This is the land of freedom, right? <laughs> this is the land of, think of the Statue of Liberty, you know, and take liberty to speak, to speak blessing over this time. Speak blessing over this hour that we're having together here. Let's just do it together. Father, we bless you. We come together. Don't be shy to lift your voice. Lord, we come and, and exalt you. Let's exalt him. Let's lift his name higher. Your name is higher than any other name. You are the one that will speak to us today. So, Lord, we bless you. We come before you today. And, Lord, we come weak. We're coming, Father, uh, uh, empty before you. Fill us up today. Deal with us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Before you sit down, I will, as you're standing, let's read the Word of God from Matthew 16. We want to read the Word of God together from Matthew 16. And When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. Verse 15. But what about you? He asked. Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, 
For this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he ordered his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. Amen to God's word. Please be seated. So what's in my heart today for this time is, is just a God that is coming. Almost the picture is with his breath, with his mouth, breathing his air, his holy air. If I can put it like that, you will excuse my English. I'm Egyptian. As you see me walking, you will prove that I'm Egyptian because I walk like Egyptian. <laughs> so I talk like Egyptian. I walk like Egyptian. I... <laughs> And so you will, you, will, you will see me slaughtering the English language a little bit. <laughs> but this is the picture I see. He is taking our hearts like a balloon and he is blowing his breath to enlarge our capacity. That's why he is saying, don't talk to their minds, don't talk to their intellectuals, don't just give them information, but speak to their hearts. And that's why he's challenging me right now not to look too much at my papers <laughs> right here but to speak to the inner man. And how do we need that? How do we need to even speak to ourselves? I many times speak to myself. And in this season and in this time, what we see in the world is, is, is just staggering. We've never seen anything like that. I've been 25 years in missions. I have never seen any time like this time. We prayed with tears. We strategized so many times. We have tried to fish the whole night, like Peter said to Jesus, <laughs> but we couldn't fish anything. And we are tired now, <laughs> so many years later. You know, in ministry, in the front line, in missions, fears, clashes, Muslims, <laughs> different mission strategies, attacks from the enemy, disunity, pressures. I have a journey that is full of valleys. <laughs> times high and times down and, and all kinds of stories I can tell. But we've never lived and seen a time like this time. And it's the most difficult time. Wars, rumors of wars, shakings, economies shaking, politics shaking. People are shaking. You know, half the people of Syria are displaced. One of the nations we work with. Half a population are displaced. Quarter of the population are displaced out of the country. People are shaking. And this shaking from the Middle East is echoing, shaking all over the world. We just heard from Scott about the Syrian family that you are receiving. It's just your part, you know, your, 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 your bite into, into this whole issue. But thousands of Syrians, hundreds of thousands, 
are moving, are going all around the world. Most of them are good, normal people. <laughs> you know? But among them, there's also some sneaky people. <laughs> we are all shaken. We're all afraid. But what I believe is needed for America at this time, what I believe needed all around the world, not just America, and God is bringing us to meet one another and minister to one another and connect with one another. It's like a cross-pollination. I said earlier, this is such a big word for me that I had to Google it and, <laughs> and, and understand what does this mean exactly, cross-pollination. But it's like what I have in my heart and what you have in your heart, and we mix the two together and we come together. It's exactly like the opposite of, of what's happening in the world today. What's happening in the world today is very similar to to what's written in the psalm, Psalm 2. The nations coming together to conspire against our God and his anointed one. Says that exactly in Psalms 2. The nations, you know, the thing about the Syrian war, it's so confusing. We don't understand exactly what's going on. The thing about ISIS and how they function, we don't understand exactly what's going on. But one thing we understand, there must be a lot of things under the table. <laughs> A lot of interests, a lot of other agreements, unholy agreements. Political interests, economical interests. Whatever it is, one thing I know about all of this, it is all shakeable. And like the same psalm that says the nations are coming together to conspire against our God and his anointed one, the same psalm says, but the one seated in heaven laughs. <laughs> he laughs. And we have one of two choices today, whether we go up to the heavenly place where he sits and laughs at the, all of this, laugh with him, or we sit trembling here and, and be so afraid. I'm not going to live my life afraid. Because I am a child of God, and because I'm part of his kingdom, and the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdom of our God. <laughs> But something has to shake so hard. Us as individuals have to shake so hard. Because like in Luke 17, when the Pharisees, when the religious people asked Jesus, tell us when the kingdom of God will come. They wanted something spectacular. They wanted some amazing religious answer. Or maybe a theological answer. In Luke 17, they asked him, tell us when the kingdom of God will come. And Jesus answered and said, the kingdom of God will not come by your careful observation. You're sitting nicely, comfortable, you know, watching the war, watching war on TV, you know, <laughs> watching war in a movie or watching it on TV. You know, nowadays it is like that. I do the same thing, you know. I also have CNN and BBC and all of that. Uh, uh, you know, the kingdom of God is not coming by your careful observation. You're just thinking it will come from here or here. That's what Jesus said to the Pharisees. The kingdom of God will not come by your careful observation. Some will say it's coming from here. Others will say it might come from here. Jesus then said, for the kingdom of God is within you. <laughs> and that's, that's exactly what it is. He wants to establish the kingdom first in us, here and now, here in, in our place where we are. Here in our situation, here in the place where we are confused, 
here in our fear, the things that make us fearful, the relationships that are challenging for us, the children that are, you know, challenging you as a parent, the situations that are financially challenging, politically, with the politics that is going on right now. (laughs) He wants to come to those situations. So Lord, tell us, when will the kingdom of God come? Thank you. You say the kingdom of God is within us. So we want your kingdom to come first to us. Come to my belly here. Come to my spirit. See, that's why I have a big one. (laughs) His kingdom is coming more and more to me. (laughs) Come to me, Lord. Come to me. I'm not looking for something outside of me. I'm not looking for the politics to change. I'm not looking for even that situation to change. I'm not looking for, for, for you just doing my will the way I want it and the way I design it and the way I imagine it. Your ways are different than my ways. Come. Come and take place. And this is why I'm so touched by two stories that I want to share about this morning. One story from, and the two stories are, are, the common thing between them is the name. That God comes and affirms the name of the one, and he comes and changes the name of the other one. And it's something about our identity in him that, that he is stressing today. Our being, our, what do we believe, who do we believe we are in him, and, and who do we believe he is in us? And he asked Peter, sorry, he asked the disciples that question. He asked all the disciples, who people outside there say I am? I, I was so intrigued by always in my life by this scripture. Like how did it end up Jesus giving Peter that amazing privilege, you know, saying the things he said about him, saying to him that you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Not only that, that he said to him. And then he said to him something, again, amazing. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you loosen on earth will be loosed in heaven. Whatever you open, what amazing authority. What an amazing word. I mean, Lord, you knew that Peter is going to deny you. (laughs) You know that this Peter is a coward guy. And you give him this amazing privilege. You speak this much identity to him. And then I thought, okay, let me read before that. What happened before that? What happened before that was a couple of questions Jesus was asking. First, he asked a general question. Who do you say, all of you disciples, who do you say I am? Sorry, who do you say, who people outside say I am? The answer was, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah. It's all good people. Others say prophet. I work with the Muslims and I meet Muslims all the time. And so I can relate so much to that because Muslims say that Jesus was a prophet. (laughs) So I can relate to that question. Lord, the people around me say that you are a prophet. But then Jesus would take it deeper and ask them personally, But who do you say I am? Who do you say I am? And it was Peter that answered and said, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living 
God. Jesus said to him, it was not flesh and blood that revealed that to you, Peter. That is my Father in heaven that revealed it to you. Blessed. And he blessed him. And then he gave him those privileges. <laughs> so I believe God wants to give authority to his church. He wants to give authority to us. Exactly the same authority he gave to Peter. He wants to give us keys to open things with and to close things with. He wants to give his church authority, amazing authority. He wants to say over us, you are Peter. He wants to say your identity to you. He wants to tell you who you are. But there is so much noises around. <laughs> there is so much news. There is so much Trump. <laughs> there is so much Clinton. There is so much economy. <laughs> you know, there is so much needs. There is so much uh, uh, bad news. And believe me, anytime you switch TV, uh, I realize this. Good news, don't say it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> So even the bad news that sold last year, today, you know, they will not repeat it again because you already, you already know it. So, you know, when the people die in a bomb in Iraq, you know, it's already old. It's like before. So, you know, that's not the focus of the news. The focus of the news is the, the, the new bad news. <laughs> and we must be very careful. And this is, this, is, this is why the Lord brought us here, to just speak that to the air of America, to speak this to your hearts. To speak this to your soul. To speak this to your, your, your inner man. Be alerted. Be careful. Because in the midst of all of this, you will feel drowning. You will feel, what is the significance of a Christian today? What is the significance of the church today? What is the significance of our faith today? If they are killing Christians like this in the Middle East. If there is so much persecution coming. If this is the option we have, a Clinton or a Trump. You know, what hope do we have? Listen, my friend, your hope is not in the president. Your hope is not, never was in the president, will never be in the president. Your hope not in politics. You have already lost your citizenship here on earth. And you gained only one right. You have only one right, that is to be the child of God. Only one right. I have only one right that I'm holding to. I don't have any other rights. <laughs> because I lost my Egyptian sin. I'm not Egyptian anymore. I am a child of God. I belong to the king. And I belong to his kingdom. And I belong to the family of God. This is my family. And this is so many times spoken by Jesus. So many times spoken by the apostles when Peter said that he will bring everything to one. This is the coming of his kingdom. And that's why all these clashes have to happen. All these judgments have to happen. So that the world would come to the end of itself. So that religion fall. So friends, what we're talking about today is nothing that flesh and blood can reveal to you. <laughs> We're trying to speak something to the atmosphere where a pregnancy can happen in the spirit. <laughs> where many of us today, and I pray all of us here in this place, and I pray for Crossroads, 
And I pray for Michigan. I pray for the USA. Especially God's people in this nation. You are alive for such a time as this. This is the best. This is your best time. (laughs) And the enemy is trying to put fears. And the shaking is so hard that you are a little bit not sure about that. But I want to assure you. Everything that is shakable will shake. (laughs) And so, like it says in Hebrews 12. Why? Because there is unshakable kingdom that is coming to us. With unchanging king, with a king that will never change. But all the shakable have to shake. (laughs) So let's not busy ourselves and clutter ourselves. You understand clutter? In America, you say clutter. (laughs) Let's not clutter ourselves with all kinds of things that take of our time, take of that hope that is within us. Jesus in you. Jesus in you, the hope of glory. Jesus in you, the hope of glory. And the hope of this nation is Jesus, is only Jesus. And he wants to be within you. The kingdom of God is within you. It's within you. We're not waiting for something to happen. (laughs) And so whether you are wrestling or not wrestling, whether you feel you got it all or you don't feel like you, you know, it's all the same. You know, this is why I can go to the Muslims like this. I can't, why do I go to them? Why, what qualifies me to go to the Muslims? Only one thing. God called me to go there. <laughs> That's all. God does not call those who are qualified. He qualifies those who are called. So you are qualified because he called you. He called you by name. He already saved you and he paid the most precious price. So I'm speaking... Forgive all the screaming and all the stuff, you know. Just, just this Sunday and I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm speaking to your soul. I'm speaking to your spirit. I'm speaking to your inner man. Arise, arise, arise. Arise, man of God. Arise, woman of God. Arise, child of God. And it's not complicated. It's not, it's not, it's not complicated at all. It is very simple. It is just becoming like a child again. A child that can believe. A child that can clearly hear who Jesus is. That Jesus would say, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. You know, it always intrigues me when Jesus, also in this story at the end, he said to them, go and tell no one. Like, Jesus, why? (laughs) We know we need to advertise this news, you know. Like we need to put it in a video clip, you know, put it in YouTube, put it in Facebook, Twitter, you know, even better. You know, everybody have Twitter. You know, we need to make a nice video and just show it to everyone. Let's advertise. You are the Messiah, the son of the living God. The best news. Everybody's waiting for this. Why do you say, go and don't tell anyone? And I've been thinking a lot about that. Could it be because... That's exactly what he wants. He wants not flesh and blood to reveal that. (laughs) You understand what I'm saying? Are you following? 
He doesn't want it to be advertised cheaply. He doesn't want this truth to be uh, uh, just spread by default like this. And maybe this is the message to us today. Lord, refresh our faith in you today. It's not because the pastors here say beautiful things. It's not because we read a book. It's not even because we read the Bible. But it's because this Bible became alive to us. Because your life became alive to us, Lord. Because it's not flesh and blood that is revealing this to us. But it is you from heaven revealing to us who we are. Therefore, we will not be shaken. (laughs) We will not be shaken. Nothing will separate us from your love. Whether it is life or death. Whatever it is. So that's the atmosphere and the story of Peter. How God came and confirmed and affirmed his identity. How Jesus came and, and, and declared all these things over his life. Peter, if you are like this and you are receiving a revelation from heaven about who I am, I trust you. I trust you with my kingdom. I trust you with my church. You go and build my church. I think you all know the word church, you know, didn't exist much. (laughs) It was the word ecclesia. And the meaning, going back to the Hebrew roots of, 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 of what we say church today, or this is the translation that we got in our Bibles, but it is, it is the congregation, the assembly, the people of God coming together. So church is not just Sunday. <laughs> you see, this is when the kingdom of God comes. Church can be in your business. Church is in your family. Church is in your art workshop. Church can be everywhere. Well, this is easier for me working with the Muslims to understand because we have church at the beach, we have church in the forest, because we don't have a building. <laughs> Among many, many, many of the Muslim nations and with the underground believers, we have to find a creative way to meet. <laughs> we don't have a building, we don't have a mic. We don't have announcements. We cannot advertise it on the website (laughs) and communicate things. So Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. In my life, as it is in heaven. On earth, as it is in heaven. In all those situations that I'm part of. In my family, as it is in heaven. Let your kingdom come and let your will be done in my job as it is in heaven. Let your kingdom come in your church, Lord. Father, we speak over Grand Rapids and we speak over the the Christian colleges here. We speak over the minds of many people. We speak that your kingdom will come and your will be done. Let there be a revelation that is not from flesh and blood coming to so many people of who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. The other story that I have in my heart to share with you is a different story. It's a story of another man that God 
have changed his name. <laughs> the name of this man is Jacob. You remember the story of Jacob? Jacob was a clever guy, right? He was like, you know, a good businessman, good dealer, always dealing. You know, when his brother Esau came to him, and, uh, and, and Esau was hungry, you remember that deal? <laughs> a big deal happened there. He said, no problem, I have very nice lentil soup, very delicious, but you know, we'll exchange that for, <laughs> for something. And remember the deal? The deal was Esau selling his uh, 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 blessing as the, the, the firstborn to the family of Isaac and Rebekah with that food. <laughs> and this is how easy it is for many of us to sell our inheritance, our big blessing, you know, sometime for just a little bit of soup. <laughs> Why? Because right now I'm hungry. Now I'm hungry. <laughs> now I need it. But anyway, this is not the point. The point is Jacob was a dealer. He was always dealing. He made a deal also with Laban, his uncle, remember? And it was like he was always in trouble. And it looks like he was always on the run. And what I want to read from is from Genesis 32. There is that instant of the wrestling that Jacob had. And I'm going to read just a few verses. Genesis 32, verse 22 to 29. That night, Jacob got up and took his two wives. Just a little bit of the background. You know, there was all this. He comes to this point with all that he had with his uncle. And now Esau, his brother, is running after him, trying to get to him. He's running away. He's tired. He comes to this place. Verse 22. That night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his 11 sons, and crossed the ford of Yabok. Verse 23, after he had sent them across the stream, he sent, all, he sent over all his possessions. Verse 24, so Jacob was left alone. And a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, Let me go, for it is a daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, What is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, Your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel. Because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. So again, Jacob got what he wanted at the end. He's a good dealer. He's a good businessman. He still got what he wanted. But there was a wrestle, wrestle, a whole night of wrestle. And I was so intrigued again by what happened there. What's the circumstances around? What was the situation that 
At the end, Jacob received this incredible blessing of his name changed from Jacob to Israel. This is probably the moment of the birth of Israel. <laughs> when God gave that name to Jacob, changed him, transformed him. It was all coming out of wrestling. <laughs> wrestling, wrestling, wrestling. But the wrestling was more than just this event. The wrestling for Jacob was probably 20 years before. He's wrestling, wrestling. He was wrestling with man, with wrestling with his brother. And I'm just speaking this today because I feel maybe some of you are wrestling in the same way. Maybe you're wrestling with brother, a brother from flesh and blood or another brother. <laughs> maybe you're wrestling with your partner. Maybe you're wrestling with your spouse. And Jacob was wrestling, wrestling for a long time, wrestling, wrestling with man. And now the wrestling is not just with man. <laughs> now he's wrestling with God that night. And the word here said he was left alone. And there is a season in our lives, it seems, where you are going to be left alone. <laughs> it's going to be just you and God. God wrestling with the depth of you. God is wrestling because, not because he wants to kill you, not because he wants you to die, but because he wants to kill you. <laughs> he wants you to die. To your flesh. He wants your spirit to live. He wants your flesh to die. And you know, I can talk from my own life, so many situations, so many times, and I find myself alone. And this was comforting for me, that there are moments when you have to be alone. You have to face God face to face. You have to meet with him. You have to wrestle with him. It intrigues me so much because, you know, this, this Jacob, you know, I'm Egyptian and Egyptians and Jews, you know, we, we are friends and we are neighbors and we had three wars <laughs> as well. <laughs> But the Lord is doing something so beautiful. I have lots of Messianic friends now. We are we're friends. We worship the same God. We're coming one together, and we, we joke with one another a lot. And I say, you know, if you ask a Jew what's one plus one, they will answer you. But first you have to tell me, are we buying or selling? You know? <laughs> so, so this is the story of Jacob who became Israel. The same thing, you know, he's wrestling, 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 wrestling. And he can't win, and you know, and then the man, God says to him, you know, I have to leave now. It's, it's, we've been wrestling the whole night. I said, no, 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 no. I will not let you go before you bless me. Determined. <laughs> I will not let you go before you bless me. And at the end, it's just amazing, because it says, then he blessed him there. <laughs> Verse 29. Jacob said, please tell me your name. The man answered, why do you want to know my name? Then he blessed him there. So he's still, he's a good Jew, good businessman, good dealer. You know, he gets what he wanted. He was blessed there. But how was he blessed? How did he overcome? And it says that, you know, you, want, you, you uh, fought with man and with, uh, with God and you overcome. How did Jacob overcome with that broken hip? <laughs> How can you fight with a broken hip? 
ah, it seems this is God's strategy. <laughs> you have to be broken first. Then you win. For the glory will always come back to him. <laughs> so a lot of wrestling in our lives. A lot of wrestling, a lot of wrestling. You know, if you're a man, of course, you're going to wrestle with all your heart, you know. And, you know, if you're a woman, you also wrestle, but just in a different way. <laughs> you know, you wrestle, you wrestle, you wrestle. But the blessing comes when you give up. <laughs> and I believe there's time for both. There's time for wrestling and there's time to surrender. There's so much character in us. There's so much pride in us. There's so much strength in us that God wants all the glory to come to him. And he said, because I love you so much, I don't want you to go in trouble trying to take the glory for yourself. <laughs> so I'll wrestle you. And you will limp like this, <laughs> you know. Uh, that was the reminder, you know, I... I, you know, if, 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 if my thing was going to end up in limping, I would have probably been a handicapped here right now, <laughs> you know. But, but there's a lot of scars, a lot of scars, a lot of fights, a lot of wrestling, a lot of wrestling with men and a lot of wrestling with God. <laughs> you know, and like I say, if I took my shirt and showed you my back, you would see a lot of marks. <laughs> Lots of wrestling. And so many times I, 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 I thought, <laughs> I'm dead. I'm just going to die. Talking pretty much spiritually here. And recently, after 25 years of missions, work, struggles, Disappointments, good results, difficult things sometimes, but I found myself just tired now. I'm tired. <laughs> you know, do you remember the Forrest Gump movie and the guy running, 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 and people are following him and he's very, you know, influential and great and everybody, and then he stops, I said, and everybody's looking at him and he says, I'm going home now. <laughs> just feel like this, you know. Lord, why do I need to leave my family one more time? Why do I need to go where I might be killed? Where I need to go, why I need to go where some of the people that I'm going to disagree with me? And I was sitting on my couch one time and I, I sensed as if the Lord speaking to me like this. Like, Hany, one day I asked you to die for me. And your answer was, yes, Lord, I will die for you. But today, some 25 years later, I want to ask you something different. Would you live for me? You were faithful, accepting to die for me. But today, what I want to ask you, would you live for me? I don't want you to die for me now. I want you to live for me now. And the more I thought about it, the more I thought, wow, it might be more difficult to live for God than to die for God. Because if you die, <laughs> it's, 
You're in a wonderful place. <laughs> the angels are there. Jesus is there. Worship is going on. All your battles are finished. <laughs> but to live for him is to wake up in the morning and just say, Lord, your grace will work on me. You will help me today make choices for you. You will help me today to love like you want me to love. You will help me today to go and reach out in the streets like you want me to reach out. You will help me today to treat my spouse the way I'm supposed to treat her or him. Choices, day after day. So friends, I want to speak this to your spirit today. Live for him. Live for him. But something inside of me is, is, is wanting to attack this fear that is spreading around the world. The kingdom of darkness is a kingdom of fear. The way the devil rules in his kingdom is with fear, total fear. We want to get rid of that. We want to hear the Lord affirm us deep inside that it's not us that is pretending we are not afraid. It's not our weapons. It's not our military. It's not our good politics. It's not our good decisions. It's not the food we are storing in the basement that will help us in a time of famine. It's not the weapons that we can bring together so that we can... It's nothing of this. You remember the story of the Israelites when God was sifting them from the large number to a couple of hundred people at the end. And the words that I want to bring from Judges 7, it says, he said, so that Israel will not say that my arms have saved me. <laughs> so today we just want to come before him and just say, Lord, have your way in us. Have your way in us. Here we are before you. Lord, we, we want to give up wrestling. You know, a uh, couple of days after, after I, I had this sense, you know, from the Lord uh, about would you live for me? And I'm like thinking about it. And, and then I read, I read the Psalm, Psalm 115. I just want to read it to you. Uh, just a couple of beautiful verses there where it says, It is not the dead who praise you. It's not the dead that praise you, Lord. <laughs> it's the ones that who are alive. Psalm 118, verse 17 and 18, it says, I will not die, but live and proclaim what the Lord has done. Friends, I feel there is freedom for us today. There is true freedom just to declare that we are children of God. So I want to ask you to, to just spend this next 10 minutes or so that we have here in his presence, it's him and us face to face. Whatever you're wrestling with. You know, maybe there's a little bit of wrestling more to go. It's okay. And maybe it's time to stop wrestling. But in the midst of it, say, Lord, change my name. I want to hear your voice speaking over me who I am. Affirm my name. For some people like Peter, God will affirm your name. Will remind you of your call. Will remind you of the promises. For some others, he will come and just totally transform and change your name. Can we stand up together just as we, as we worship him? Let's just...
Let's open our hearts one more time. Thank you, Lord, for the freedom we have in this place. Thank you for your freedom. Freedom of your spirit among us here. Don't be afraid. Isaiah 66. Heaven is my throne. And earth is my footstool. Where is the house you will build for me? Where will my resting place be? And we want to say to him, Lord, your resting place will be in us. <laughs> in me first. I'm not thinking of the one next to me. I'm not thinking of my spouse. I'm not thinking of the, when the politics change. I'm not, I'm not waiting for your kingdom to come. I'm not sitting, uh, waiting for the kingdom to come with my careful observation. It's me and you, Lord, today. I'm face to face with you. And your resting place, Lord, will first be in me. So I'm not afraid to let you come to all the rooms of my heart. I'm not afraid to let you come to all my relationships. I'm not afraid of you. Loving God. 